Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Solar creates tens of thousands of jobs. Solar is an increasingly inexpensive form of energy. Solar is good for the economy. And solar with storage can replace fossil fuels. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of cleantech entrepreneurs who are building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. This is episode 115 and what a week it has been. My voice is muddy, my head is swimming with ideas of how to take action in the coming weeks and months. So many conversations that were meaningful and partnerships that were birthed from this week for many of you. And as always, SPI proved to be a humming hive of activity for four action-packed days. Today, I'm in recovery and focus mode, but I want to give you a quick taste of how it was all kicked off on Tuesday morning by SIA's President Abby Hopper. So get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. Wow, another SPI in the books. On Monday, I had an amazing opportunity to sit down with Dan Witten, the VP of Communications for SIA. And he invited me to record the opening remarks of SIA's president, Abby Hopper, as she kicked off the 2018 Solar Power International and Energy Storage International Conference, part of North America Smart Energy Week. I was honored and grateful for the gracious offer, and so today I'm going to share part of that opening session with you here on Suncast. If you're a member of the Suncast tribe, you'll be able to hear the rest of the 40 minutes that I recorded with some outstanding panelists in that session via your Patreon feed. But before we head into that session, I want to say thank you. I truly am humbled every day, every week by you all, my Suncast tribe and solar warriors. And I want to recognize and acknowledge that it's because of you guys that I'm able to do this. We hit another milestone just yesterday. So this month we clocked in over six thousand downloads eclipsing last month's high of 5100 as we keep climbing i'm reminded that this show does not grow itself i'm indebted to all of you and i'm grateful for you giving me the most important resource that you possess your time to all you new listeners who are coming in through spi or from our pv magazine partnership I'm so grateful to you as well. Thanks for showing up. I really hope that you find as much value in Suncast as the thousands of listeners who've come before you. To PV Magazine and Chant Power Systems, thank you for your continued partnership and support. To all my tweeps out there in the Twitter sphere, and in particular to the Rev, Tor, Solar, Fred, Valenza, thank you for your tireless efforts at keeping us aimed at a common goal. And most of all, Thank you, thank you, thank you to my Suncast Solar Tribe faithful. You know, we had over 50 people show up for some bowling mayhem in Anaheim, 
on Monday night, and it was so much fun. It was great to meet you guys, many of you meeting in person for the first time, put a face with a name, and if you missed it, don't worry. Be sure to check out our member page on mysuncast.com and learn how you can join the tribe and at least get your name on the mailing list so that you won't miss the future announcements of these fun gatherings that we have throughout the Americas. Sometimes I'm there, and sometimes I'm not. The Suncast Tribe thrives with and without Nico Johnson. So I just want you guys to know that we do this so that we can get together, feel the energy from one another, and carry that energy into our daily work. That's why Suncast exists. That's why our tribe exists. And you guys are some of the greatest folks on the planet in my book. I am planning to do a formal SPI roundup next week with my good buddy Christian Roseland of PV Mag. But for now, I'm going to leave you with this. SIA's president, Abby Hopper, as she outlines the opportunity and awesome responsibility that we carry as solar warriors on the front lines of this epic global transition to clean, sustainable energy. Good morning. So let me start by giving you guys a little bit of background about why we're having this conversation. As you probably know, if you follow me on Twitter, you definitely know, I have the privilege of traveling all over the country and talking to solar companies. And at some point during almost every single one of those meetings, I get the same comment. Hey, Abby, solar needs to do a better job of telling our story. And it was also a theme. We held a strategy session earlier this year, and one of the four strategic priorities was tell the solar story with one voice. And so every time I hear that, every time someone tells me we need to tell the solar story better, I ask them why. Why do we need to tell the solar story better? And it's not because I disagree. I totally agree we need to do that. But because I think we need to be really clear about why we need to tell it. So what is the problem we're trying to solve? What's the outcome that we're trying to achieve? Who is our audience? And what message does that audience need to hear? So in preparing for today, again, I love Twitter. And so we created a hashtag, of course. We, everyone needs to have a hashtag. Our hashtag is, this is why. And I want you to think about it in two different ways. Number one, this is why we need to tell our solar story more effectively. And this is why solar must be the predominant energy source of the future. So allow me to make one extremely important point as we begin to dive into answering this is why. The solar industry will be most effective when we speak with one voice. Yes, we are definitely a maturing industry with lots of different business models. And yes, there are moments, certainly in my days and maybe in your days, when it seems like different sectors of the industry have more differences than similarities. But let me just give a little political reality lesson here. Customers and policymakers do not differentiate between the market segments in the same way that we do. To them, solar is solar. And so we really need each other. We need each other if we want to build credibility, build public awareness, and policymaker and public support. So if we diverge significantly on advocacy and messaging, we're only going to hurt ourselves. So unity is really critical to our industry's shared success. So keep that in mind as we talk about this. So let me tell you how this morning is going to go. I'm going to spend a few minutes here on the stage sort of setting the conversation and telling you a little bit about some of the polling that we conducted. And then I'm going to bring out a couple of great panelists. They are marketing experts, communications experts, who guess what? 
They're not solar experts. They do not wake up in the morning thinking about solar panels. They do not go to bed at night and dream about duck curves. Instead, they know how to communicate. And as we seek to answer that question, this is why, they're gonna give us feedback about how we can tell that solar story better. So let's get started. This is why we need to tell our story more effectively. So we recently, with our partners, commissioned a focus group in Texas to talk about solar, and we realized how little people know about our issues. We heard statements like, they really need to get their message out there, or I just need more facts, or even, I really just wish I knew more specifics. And that's our challenge. Our challenge is that despite our popularity, we face resistance from many utilities to greater solar adoption, and there is not yet a solar panel on every roof. And so take a listen to what former Secretary of Energy Ernie Moniz had to say about this. I think the most important thing, first of all, is to make sure that the public understands what solar is bringing to the table. The enormous cost reduction. I think there's still an idea that somehow solar is very expensive. It's only for a certain narrow segments of the population. So I think number one is the public has to be completely educated in terms of the, the options with solar. Once you educate the public, the policymakers uh, tend to have an easier time following. And I love that last thing that the secretary said, convince the people and the policymakers will follow. Yet that's not quite as simple as it sounds. So consider this, the average person thinks about electricity about eight minutes a year, okay? So we've already talked about it more this morning than the average person thinks about it. As we think about what we need to communicate, we need to be a little bit more clear. So how do we capture people's attention as they have their eight minutes that they think about electricity a year? To help answer that question, SIA commissioned a poll by the Global Strategy Group. We polled 750 voters and 480 opinion leaders. And what did we learn? Well, we confirmed what most of us already know, that solar is the favored form of electricity. Three out of four voters and 87% of college-educated voters think utilities should deploy more solar. Wind is a close second, as you can see, and coal and nuclear bring up the rear. On the policy front, there is wide support for a 50% renewable energy standard and also for net metering compensation. But as you know, public support and good feelings are not enough. We need to transition people from passive support to passionate action. I know. You're listening to this episode because you're tired of doing things the old way and looking for a new approach. And that is precisely why my friends at CPS America, a.k.a. Chint Power Systems, have agreed to help make this fresh content possible for you. See, they believe in the power of change and the importance of trying something before others catch on. They are the U.S. market share leader of three-phase string inverters, pioneering that approach since before it was cool. With over two gigawatts shipped in America, Chint's feature-rich, high-performance inverters, and its nimble service team are ahead of the pack, just like you. If you'd like to find out what CPS can do for your CNI and utility business, reach out to me for an intro, nico at mysuncast.com. Or you can reach out to them directly and just let them know you heard it here on Suncast. So our polling also helped us discern what messages work and what messages will help us tell our story better. So we learned that messages about health and about air quality, messages about the economy and jobs, and messages about falling costs 
are the most resonant with voters. Arguments about energy choice and arguments about innovation for its own sake are much weaker. And our polling also tells us that making the affirmative case for solar is the most impactful. More impactful, in fact, than comparing solar to coal or drawing comparisons to China, for example. But here's another important point from our finding. The more information people have about solar, the more likely they are to support it. So the more they know, the more they will support it. Even during the poll itself, providing facts moved people's opinion in a much more positive direction. And that's an incredibly important point because as our industry grows, and as we take market share, and as we challenge business models, we are posing a greater threat to many people. And they are investing in public relations and political campaigns that include misinformation about solar. And so we as an industry need to combat that fiercely. So let's talk about our target audience. Who is our target audience? On the positive side, certainly positive for people like me that live in Washington, solar has strung cross-partisan support. So not just bipartisan, but cross-partisan. Democrats, Republicans, and independents are all broadly supportive of solar. However, independents and Republicans have less intensity of support and less willingness to take action. And women are actually less inclined than men to take action. And that is driven by a larger skepticism about economics, including the costs. So what do we sort of discern from all that information? We know that there's a need to focus on economic-based messaging with center-right voters to help move them in their intensity of support. Our target audience is made up of both policymakers, right, at every level, sort of from the national level to the state level to the local level, but also customers, individual customers, corporate customers, utility customers. And so knowing which messages work with which audiences is critical. I want to highlight one more finding from our poll that I think represents an incredible opportunity to secure support and action. So one thing the polling proved is that people below the age of 45, which I just missed that line. <laughs> Below the age of 45 are without a doubt deeply convinced that solar power is competitively priced and that it is the right choice for our energy mix. And our challenge is to ensure that this support can be catalyzed into action. So we had a talk with Dean Heller last month. He's a Republican senator from Nevada. And here's what he said about this. I'm a big believer that it's not 50 and over that are going to move solar and alternative energy in the future. I think it's 30 and under. You know, I go to groups and organizations and I have opportunities to speak to them and I have opportunity to speak to uh, young adults at the college level, high school level and uh, talk to them about the importance of their future and this is always part of it. So it's embraced, but I do believe that you have to spend that kind of time with these young adults and help them understand long term what it means to them. They're all in. Let me assure you, they're all in. They're all in for electric cars. They're all in for driverless cars. They see the future, what's going on out there and they do care about the environment. So as long as you can correlate the importance of their long-term future and the health of the environment, and frankly, they're going to save money in the process, I think uh, you've got a message you can't lose. So as I mentioned, our polling totally supports what Senator Heller said, whether it's renewable portfolio standards, combating climate change, or the affordability of solar. Those between the ages of 18 to 44 were more likely to be supportive of solar. That same age group... Not only does it represent 50% of the buying power of the United States and 43% of the votes that were cast in the 2016 election, it also represents 50% of the people that are attending SPI this year. So it's a really important piece. But 
the elected officials are actually, on average, much older than that. In the, House of the U.S. House of Representatives, the average age is 57. The U.S. Senate is 61. And so young voters are a powerful block and a persuaded block and a persuadable block. But we need to make sure that the elected officials that are representing them are getting that message too. So this generation that I'm talking about, 45 and under, must not see solar as alternative energy, but as an inevitable part of the energy infrastructure, one that they will take action to grow and protect. So this is why, this is why we believe in solar. Solar creates tens of thousands of jobs in America. Solar is an increasingly inexpensive form of energy. Solar is good for the economy. Solar reduces health impacts associated with pollution from power sector. And solar with storage can replace fossil fuels. But we also must remember, this is why we must tell our solar story persuasively. Popularity is not enough. Popularity is not enough. We need action. Arming people with facts, facts alone, that is not enough. We need action. And passive support, which we already have, passive support is not enough. We need action. The next generation of leaders, the next generation of business owners, and the next generation of customers are well on their way to an inevitable solar future, inevitable solar future. And our job, all of our job, is to ensure that that happens. So as I turn to my panel, my challenge to each and every single one of you who rallied here this morning is to use this conversation. Do not walk out of here and go on with the rest of your SPI. Use this conversation to answer this is why for yourself and for your company. And commit to working with us to ensure that we move people from this passive support that we enjoy to passionate action. Solar Warrior, this is why. You are why I show up here every week and the message that we carry to the world is such an important one. Solar is here to stay, and we are changing the narrative, not just here at home in North America, but so many of you abroad who are the flag bearers in markets that are only now becoming solar friendly. Your fight is our fight, and we are winning together. This is why every week I strive to bring you insights into how some of the greatest companies, brands, icons, and minds of our industry have paved the way before us. But you, too, are the maverick out on the front lines of this battle. You're the foot soldiers and standard bearers for a new era, one that makes a true and lasting difference in this world. And I salute you, Solar Warrior. This is why Suncast exists. As I mentioned in the intro, for those of you who have already joined the Suncast Tribe, you will have access to the full version of what I was able to record, which includes most of the panel from that general session of the four distinguished non-solar industry guests, including an editor from Vox Magazine. It was pretty, pretty cool, actually. If you're new here, thanks for checking us out. And if you've been around for a while and you're wondering how you can connect more with the stuff that we're doing offline or behind the scenes, would you please consider supporting the podcast financially by becoming a member of my Suncast tribe. You can do that at mysuncast.com forward slash member. Of course, you can also join more than 10,000 solar warriors who follow me on Twitter at Nico Mayo, N-I-C-O-M-E-O, and you'll see my live tweets on a weekly basis, usually about industry updates and uh, events happening. 
Next week, we'll return with that episode I promised you from Nadim Chowdhury, CEO and founder of Green Power Global. Nadim has built his entire business around serving the booming emerging markets, in particular, Latin America. And we discuss what he's learned and where he thinks it's going. To all my current tribe members, I wish you great success and much love. And to you, Solar Warrior, I salute you. I look forward to formally welcoming you into our tribe. And thanks again for showing up. It's half the battle.